0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger. and on today's episode, we are going to be talking about Angular AMP, A-M-P, but without A-M-P, not quite sure how that works. We're going to find out though, looking forward to it. All right, let's say hi to our panelists, and then we'll say hi to our guests, and we'll get things rolling. Joining us today, we've got Bonnie. Bonnie, what's going on? How are you doing? Doing, it's good. Doing here. good. It's, it's night here. It's what? It's night here. It's night there. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You're so far away now. And then, it, you know, we got to, there's know, like a slow transmission, right? You. Yes. Right. I'm sorry, but I, I just miss you guys. I have to join anyway. Oh, we're, we're stoked that you're here for sure. Mike, what's going on, Mike? Uh, not too much. Uh amped to be here, right, right? Uh-huh. 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 All right, I got it out of the way, though. All right. It's gone. Forgotten. All right. Cool. Good no. one. Happy to be here. Ready to chat. Nice. Nice. And our guest today joining us again, Jeff. What is going on, Jeff? So glad to have you back. Yeah. Not much is going on. Uh, glad to be here. It's always fun to join you guys. We always love having you here, dropping that knowledge. We're always excited uh-huh. to hear what, what you've got for us next. So yeah, for sure. Wow, do you have anything new going on since we last chatted? I think we just had an episode not too long ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't too long ago. Um, we're talking about Firestore, which was
1: very fun for me, uh, something I've been working a lot with. And so uh, a lot of the code that I showed then was for a particular new product that I was building. So we did a soft launch, at least, uh, called Critically uh, Critic.ly, Um, so there's still a lot more to go with that and we haven't done like a big, like official launch yet, but it's out there at least
0: and, uh, going well. Nice. Nice. Was there any, uh, any big snags that came up in terms of what you were talking about last time and then you discovered once you actually did it, like that was different from what we were talking about? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, one follow-up thing that's kind of interesting. I think I mentioned the issue that I was having where, in firestore when you have your document size is too big it can lead to some performance issues because it brings back the entire document you can't like select parts of documents and so i was trying to like i was hoping that the firestore team would like make a solution for that i guess or whatever but uh instead that i knew that wasn't gonna happen so i actually did some database refactoring like a a, a schema design refactoring rather and uh, updated some stuff to basically put things in like smaller collections. And that's been much better now. So uh, I, I don't. I, at some point I'm gonna do some testing to figure out what that like pivot point is of what size, where it gets to be an issue. Um, but at least for right now, like making the individual document size smaller, now everything is like
0: super fast again. So good. Very nice, very nice. Might have to do like a post-mortem episode of of talking through that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, part two, definitely. Part two, right, yeah. A lot of people I know like that that episode, so that's cool. What do we got in store for today? Yeah, so we're talking about something
1: that it's kind of interesting to talk about because the underlying problem that we'll talk about here with AMP is something that we all face. But I would venture to guess that almost no one, well, none of you guys, and no one listening is actually using AMP for sp- certain reasons that I will get into. Um, so it it is a very powerful thing, but it's uh, and it's addressing a, a huge issue. But it's not necessarily something that people are using today. But I think that we can talk about some ways in which uh, you can potentially either uh, implement integrate it into your Angular app or at least use some of the same types of mentality that they use to solve some of these big problems.
0: Nice. Do we want to talk about like, what is AMP? What we're talking about there in terms of that
1: concept? Yeah, definitely. And, and actually, as an even predecessor to that, like, let me talk about the problem that we're talking that is it's trying to fundamentally solve. So it's basically instant loading and instant inter- interactivity. On low-powered mobile devices, uh, you know, for the web, so it's a big problem that I know you guys know about, and, and we talk about a lot in the you know, different GDE groups and and uh, other tech groups where on um, third in third-world countries, and actually even in here, when the network connection is not doing well on your mobile device, uh, performance is always an issue, right? That so the smaller you can get. The faster you can load, uh, the better. And Angular has a whole bunch of different um, solutions for that. Um, but it was kind of interesting that uh, in the origins of AMP were, was a team at Google that started to think about that and started to say, okay, what is the kind of like most extreme thing we can do so that on a consistent basis, everything that matches a particular specification would. We, we know for sure that it will you know, instantly load and the user will instantly be able to have interactivity with the page um, regardless of uh, you know, what type of network they're on or what type of device they're on or anything like that. Um, so it's a really audacious goal, just like from the problem they're trying to solve. Um, because I mean, if you think about it, you got to deal with cert- low, uh, slow server response time. Uh, you know a potentially slow network uh, and then uh, slow render time like depending on all of the resources that you have and, and you know bringing in all the images and JavaScript and CSS and you know all, all there so there's a lot of different issues like baked within it but that is what amp is focused on is on that first time page load experience coming from especially you know any type of time you you go to um, a particular page uh, but especially when you're going from google search results and kind of clicking into a page they, they want it to just be there instantly um, so does that make sense for like the the problem that they're trying to solve
0: yeah and is it also uh for the mobile view experience as well is that that part of it too in terms of maybe reducing changing the look of it of the content
1: well, they, the goal wasn't to necessarily change the look of it per se. It was it was more to. And in fact, they they really want you in an ideal world to be able to build things however you want to, uh, at least have it look however you want to look it to look. Uh, but they just want it to appear instantly. Um, so they, they've uh, basically created this um, a library to solve this, but but moreover a specification that if you follow this specification, then the Google um, will serve your pages up uh, very quickly um, using uh, a bunch of stuff that we'll, we can get into in the, in the details here.
0: And then is that just the result in, in terms of the search results from Googling or is Direct Link as well? Well, it would always
1: be fast if you just Direct Link. But it's specifically built for coming from Google search results. It's like that's where it's it's even more so because they can um, prefetch it and do some other optimizations. Um, So for getting into like the details of this, like I think it's helpful to kind of separate out the kind of specification of like what uh, the 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 concepts of like what they're they're trying trying to implement and restrictions in order to accomplish this, and then like the library itself. Um, and then, like as a third part, I, I kind of had listed as I was, I was thinking about this: is how the Google um, search engine itself uses AMP because, like, you have to implement a whole bunch of stuff, but then they see that and then they they do a bunch of stuff on their stuff on their side. Um, so, does that sound good to kind of go over this? Absolutely. Okay. So, for the specification, uh, there's a couple things that are key, and and. This is where, like, I, I, would, I kind of broke things up in this way because a lot of the specification stuff, it's they in their implementation they have a lot of specific ways that they wanted they decided to do things. But some of these specifications, even if you're building your own Angular app without AMP, like these are helpful to do. Like, did you do any of these? Okay, so uh, one is your web app needs to be one hundred percent cacheable, and what I mean by that is that. Um, from the server render, server view side of things, that you, you need to be able to set it up in a way that an external middleman, like a, a proxy or, or a CDN or whatever, can take your entire site and it can serve it by itself, like from from that CDN and it doesn't need to contact the server, unless obviously if there was like a you know, refresh of the content or whatever else, um, but it doesn't need to. So like that 100 percent cacheable is like super important, and so again, even if you don't use AMP, that's actually a really good thing to do. Like when, when you are trying to have a um, you know publicly facing uh, app that is search index and all that type of stuff. So even if you use just like Cloudflare or CDN or Google CDN or whatever, um, it's a really good thing to make sure that your your app is uh, you know fully cacheable. And then the other uh, you know a couple other things except for CSS. Um, This is one of the things that this particular specification is one of the things that I think leads to a lot of people not wanting to implement AMP with Angular. But it's actually super helpful. Um, So all CSS has to be inlined, and it can only be a max of fifty kilobytes, um, and can't be like multiple script tags; has to be just one. And there's like a couple other like small uh, CSS restrictions. You can't use like um, you know the, the the Exclamation point! Important and a couple other small things. Um, so there's like that restriction alone. I found is actually really annoying at first because the way that um, Angular generates um, the app, there actually are like a num first of all a number of script tags. They aren't inlined. Uh, a couple of things like that where it, it caused some problems. So you you basically have to um, come up with your own way of doing CSS outside of the the kind of prescriptive Angular way, um, which I, I can. Uh, I'm going to talk about near the end, but um, but that's just something to keep in mind for the specification. Um, And then the other thing is uh, images uh, have to be either inlined or lazy loaded, and 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 typically the specification doesn't um, enforce this, but the recommendation is that you basically are inlining the images that are above the fold. So like a lot of the AMP specification is like optimizing not just for the initial view, but that that very first, like the very first frame um, above the fold that people are viewing, that that is, is like super, super optimized. And the other stuff like below the fold can somewhat be lazy loaded. So for images, uh, it would uh, inline those images like above uh, the fold. And then you know they would just have like
0: placeholders
1: below the fold that, that get lazy loaded once you start scrolling down and that type of thing.
0: And when we talk about above the fold, we're talking about the viewport of a particular browser or that you're looking at anything that's essentially off screen, off of that viewport uh, for that device, whatever, right?
1: Yeah, and and it's funny. So, So just like something like that, I think is one of those things where at least most Angular apps that I've seen, like people don't account for that type of thing, but that actually like helps a lot. Like when you do start optimizing for above the fold, below the fold. Like, that's like a, something that isn't built into Angular, but like you can do yourself. Like, there's tricks to do it. And it definitely helps with, with that uh, initial loading. And, int- int- um, and then, yeah. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. oh, you know what's that, Mike?
2: Yeah, I like the idea that the restrictions that they're putting in place aren't just arbitrary. They're there to help the end user to have a streamlined and a more efficient experience uh, when engaging with your content, not just oh, we just want to be difficult and try to put um, additional constraints on you to be able to fall into the paradigm, but to make it worthwhile for the end user experience. I like that.
1: Yep, definitely. Um, custom fonts uh, are only allowed from whitelisted CDNs, so you can't actually serve up a custom font from your own um, server or whatever. Um, they have to have some guarantee that, that it's going to be you know served quickly or whatever. So like the Google CDN, there's a couple other ones that are common when people use custom fonts. Uh, for HTML, so this is actually another big one that is a restriction and, and is super annoying for Angular. Is that uh, they have a strict; um, they they take the HTML syntax strictly. So, like you can't actually just add arbitrary elements and names and and attribute names like we do all the time <laughs> with with Angular. Um, and so, like there is a lot of the generated Angular code if you don't take certain steps that actually break um, the amp specification so th- this one is like super annoying there are some ways around it that I'll talk about um, a little bit later but um, yeah that, that one's just annoying and they do that I, by the way yeah there's a reason for all this stuff they do this uh, again to be able to enforce that um, the the page coming back is is valid and it's not trying to do something weird with the user they don't allow iframes I- that type of thing um, and then uh, for JavaScript, okay, so this is the big one, right? Uh, so uh, now this this gets into the actual library itself. So the AMP library itself is a web component library. Uh, so it's, it's literally just a series of web components. Um, they actually, can, they authored it in React, in fact, uh, but but they publish it as just basic web components that you can reuse. And so it's a series of web components to be able to like build your app with. So you can uh, build an entire app just with these AMP web components. Like you could build a whole thing. Um, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it necessarily, but it's, it's definitely uh, possible. And you can, um, even if you weren't going to go like full AMP, you can actually with your Angular app, just use like one or two of these, just like you could use any web component in your um, code or whatever. Uh, and the, the just like one example uh, something I mentioned earlier about images and like the restrictions for images. So pretty much all of those restrictions, they've created web components to help you like implement your the things you have to implement uh, with those restrictions in mind. So for the images thing, for example, they have one of my favorite um, AMP components that, that I actually honestly would recommend that you use regardless of whether you're actually trying to use, uh, do an AMP application or not is the amp IMG the amp image um, uh, web component so this thing all you have to do is you uh, include you know the the reference to the web component um, and in the amp image like declaration you specify like the URL and and you have to give it dimensions that's one of the things is that it, it needs to know uh, even though it resizes the images it will it needs to know at least the, the dimensions proportions of, of the um, Image so that it knows it basically reserves space on the screen um, for you even though it doesn't it's not showing the image and it has the code behind the scenes to know whether it's in, so it knows whether to um, you know automatically load it right away or to wait until the user starts scrolling and everything like that so that's like all baked in already to that component and it's like super useful so I, I use that all the time even when I'm not building an AMP application um, just as an example. <laughs> And then um, as far as other JavaScript, basically you can't, and this is another big issue, the reason why people don't uh, get turned off from AMP like uh, when they're doing Angular apps, is that you actually can't directly use any other JavaScript outside of their their AMP web components. However, um, they do have an AMP script component that basically allows you to publish your own web components. So that's the way to get around it is that you have to, um, you can't use like a, the, the full Angular in its entirety, um, but you can publish Angular, like use Angular elements to publish your own web components that you then wrap around the AMP script. Um, and there's a couple of just like small restrictions that script write Angular um, to be used as a web component within AMP. Um, at least, or any you don't not Angular, just like any, any framework, whatever you author a web component and you can use. Um, and so the AMP script will run inside a um, web worker. Um, so that's how they like th- their whole thing is that with JavaScript and the reason why they have so many restrictions on JavaScript is that they do not want your JavaScript to modify the page at all until the user interacts with the page. And and it actually makes a lot of sense if you like think about it, it because when um the user you're trying to get to interactivity as quickly as possible so the longer that the page if you guys i'm sure you guys have done like the lighthouse like time series thing right where you see like um the first paint where you see something and then it usually takes like maybe that's three seconds or whatever is the first paint but then it usually takes like another seven seconds before the time series in Lighthouse is completely done because it's like JavaScript's like adding this thing and that thing as, as data loads and whatever. And that, this is like where it's like a strong opinion uh, on the AMP side. And I, I tend to agree with this opinion that that's like a bad experience, that um, it's, it's definitely okay once the user starts interacting with the page to start um, modifying it according to like whatever they click on a button and show something else or whatever. But you should, in that initial server view, have everything for the user to see right away. Um, so that w- that's the way that they get to interactivity, you know, almost instantaneously within like a second or two, because it's not actually changing anything from that, that initial server view. The initial paint is the thing. Like there is no further need to like keep on rendering, if that makes sense.
2: But the idea of dynamically changing the content like the large majority of angular applications do of you see some stuff and then asynchronously gets data and then it pulls that in and then it's rendering additional pieces whether or not it's visual or text or what have you um doesn't really fall into the typical application type that would be submitted as an amp application where amp applications in my opinion are very content heavy Mm. Um, the idea of like pre-rendering that content Uh, with very little dynamic nature to that for the initial load. Um, Yeah, sure, there's going to be additional interaction things, whether or not you're um, routing and to be able to support more of your application versus just the initial view. But the idea of having that initial view and that initial content presented in a static manner is, to me, fits into what the AMP model supports.
1: Yeah, and it's a good point point. and probably something I should have mentioned earlier is that th- this really is geared towards sites that uh, and apps that are trying to be search indexed and, and want to rank highly in the search rankings. And that's typically a lot of times content sites, right? Like um, that that is a very, you know, normal thing.
2: So, yeah, I agree. I agree. Again, as the initial starting point of interacting with that application. Um, that you may have other interactive pieces as part of your site, but just not necessarily as part of the initial AMP load. Yep, yeah, yeah. I hope we get to talk about that because I know you're huge into this. The idea of going from, hey, here's some statically loaded stuff to switch over to be working in a dynamic manner. Yes. Yeah. So
1: I, I I have a I I wanna just mention about how Google then uses AMP and then I, I have a couple different approaches that you can do to like better work with your Angular and AMP together in a nicer way. <laughs> okay, so so that's like a basic overview of, of kind of what it is and, and, and a little bit of how it works. And it's it's worth understanding, you know, how the Google search engine then uses your applications because as, as it's crawling, it it sees like you you specify that this is an AMP page and it tests to make sure that it fits it meets all the criteria all the all the protocol that um, to be an AMP page right. If it does, then basically it'll suck all of your content and all of your um, the resources associated with with rendering your page into the AMP cache. So like AMP cache is actually a either the Google CDN or actually there's other uh, Pretty much any CDN can be part of the AMP cache. They do; they need to go through a, a process and get approved and that type of thing. So Cloudflare actually has an approved AMP cache, and a couple other other CDNs do as well. But basically, it will um, take that and then uh, have it living in one of one of the different AMP caches. I think Google CDN by by default. Um, and then when um, you know, it, it does not have one thing that if people get wrong. Just having an AMP page by itself does not mean that your site will rank higher. That's that's not like the signal like for it to to rank higher, but it's sort of an indirect way because the um, the different qualities that AMP gives you does give those signals. So like the, the the fast loading, the fast interactivity, like those things are positive signals to Google search engine that it does actually Increase your ranking because of those. So, in an indirect way, it does help, but not just simply because uh, Google is trying to favor AMP or whatever else. Um, so, when uh, someone does a search and they see your result that is an AMP page, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this on like a mobile device. It'll have that little like lightning bolt thing. Um, so, that's that's one thing. Is that if it is an AMP page, they'll, they'll, they put a little icon there so that people know that it will load fast in the background. Um, there is uh, some sort of algorithm where they uh, Google will actually like prefetch a lot of those resources. So when the user clicks on that, it should in their browser they should actually already have uh, at least some, if not all, of those resources readily available, so that it just like pops right there. Um, now, the one thing that people complain about is that the URL when you click on that is a Google URL. It's not like if I from GetHuman, I, I have an AMP page, um, and they click on my Google search results. It doesn't go to GetHuman.com; it goes to Google.com/slash. I forget the the full URL, but it's it's some Google URL um, that it's serving from, right? Now, that that's like people hate that, <laughs> and it's like a big uh, topic that uh, you know a, a number of different issues. Number one being that like people feel that. It is, um, there's a trust thing uh, involved there that people click on a result and and the user see, sees that it's not their site. And is this a real, is this like a fake page? Like what, what's going on here? Um, there's a lot of other concerns, but uh, Cloudflare actually, just to give a shout out to them, just came out with a thing to solve this that um, uses a whole bunch of like crazy tech, um, I've never, I honestly, I need to look into a little bit more, but they are able to, so even though the content's being sh- sh- served from the Google CDN, they are actually able to show your URL, uh, which is totally bizarre, uh, if you guys understand what I mean. So like it, it'll show gethuman.com, even though all of the content is actually coming from the Google CDN, it's not coming from my servers. And so they they, they use, I I honestly need to look into it a little more, but they use this thing called web packaging, which is like, I guess, a protocol for um, digitally encrypting a signature um, for CDNs so that they are able to do this type of thing. Um, But uh, yeah, it's kind of wacky. Um, And then the last thing to mention there is that and this is another thing people complain about is if you guys have seen the um in Google search results the carousels that they do sometimes like they they have like different news carousels or whatever, and even though Google doesn't specifically reward sites for amp um in as far as like which part of the search results they they show up in uh, I mean they do unfairly some would argue put them in the carousels because they're they're amp now what Google's argued with that is that. Uh, you know, they, because they have the amp specification, they have a guarantee that uh, about. It. And uh, what other people have argued against that is that if you are, are able to meet whatever the the specifications for speed and and rendering, uh, regardless of whether it's amp or not, they should be able to have an equal chance to get into the carousel. So I, I don't know for sure, but I, I think I've read that Google is starting to change that part of it. I think you can, they are starting to put stuff in those carousels that are not just AMP pages. Um, but I don't know too much about the status of that. But it is it's something that
2: they're at least aware about. So um, one quick question about AMP in general, uh, and because I think you're about to get towards the Angular specific side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the AMP specification is that a Google-owned specification or is that a public specification only because everything we've talked about is pretty much through Google and then the follow-up to that is are any other companies following this pattern with a specification if it is open
1: yeah you know that that is actually a really good question and uh, again something I should have mentioned is that it it is um, technically an open source specification like so Google Clearly started it, um, but they have been pushing hard to m- get like a lot of other companies uh, in- involved in like have like an actual committee uh, like of with that involves many companies outside of Google that has a say in how the protocol gets developed over time and that type of thing. I I don't know the details of like who other else is involved right now. I I haven't been keeping up with those politics, but I I do know that they are trying to do that very actively because they don't want this to be just something that is a Google specific thing that they are pushing. They they would like it to be more of a generalized um, specification that not only like other search engines, are there search engines? I guess there are, Uh, but other search engines could theoretically Use or actually, no more realistically, um, like something like you know, for, for Facebook uh, or Twitter, uh, link rendering where, where it actually has like the you know, shows that snippet when you paste a link into Twitter, let's say. That theoretically, Twitter could use the same exact protocols to instantly um, render, uh, when the person clicks on that page, that they would be able to instantly see it. Um, so theoretically, that they, they don't do that right now, Twitter doesn't, but they could in the future. OK, so let's talk about Angular. <laughs> um, so I've tried a whole bunch of different approaches with uh, Angular and AMP. And so I want to, and I don't necessarily think there's one that is the de facto like best way, per se. There's like trade-offs for each of these. But I basically have four different ways that you can start to think about this. And um, for my, so I'm, I'm actually giving a talk uh, in, a month uh, at JS Mobile Conf uh, in Boston here, talking about some of this stuff, and I'm gonna try to lay out examples for all this. So maybe I'll, I'll send you guys, I'll tweet it out for you guys too once I have that ready.
0: Uh, but okay, let's, let's go through. yeah 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 go for it. Um, in terms of thinking about like this, the AMP, and, like if we're if I'm building my application, my Angular application, and it's gonna have this, there's a lot of stuff that's gonna do, right? It's gonna have routing and all that stuff. Am I thinking in terms of, okay, the initial hit of it, I want to deliver some chunk in AMP and then change it over to the full app? Or am I thinking in terms of like AMP all the way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that depends. There's just a spectrum here. And like for the the, the kind of
1: four different approaches, um, it, the answer to your question differs depending on which approach. So like I, I don't think there's, there's just one way to do that. Um, so just as an example, so for, for the first one, right? Uh, you can basically build a completely separate app and separate page just for your AMP stuff. So like in your de facto um, canonical URLs, you guys know what canonical means? Just like, like it's, a, it's, it's a SEO term. So like it's, uh, the, the you might have like a number of different pages that have the same content. The canonical is the URL that is like the the one that should be searching or um, that Google should index and and point to whenever you know, somebody searches for that thing. So you have a, a canonical URL, of like, like let's say gethuman.com slash Verizon, okay? That that is a particular page about your know, Verizon stuff. What you can do is um, you know, put in the header uh, like a link tag, which says like, okay, link for AMP HTML, go to this other URL. Okay, and so that, that other URL is essentially the same content, but it's built like 100% in AMP, like no Angular, just 100% in AMP. Um, versus, uh, you know, in your canonical uh, page, you aren't dealing with AMP at all, and it's just Angular. So this is like a complete separation of things. And you're and the nice thing about doing things this way is that you don't have to worry about the integration between the two, like all those restrictions and whatever else. Uh, the 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 bad thing is that it's like twice the work because you have to like build like a it's building a completely separate page basically to do the same thing just in a different way Um, but it is very useful like i the the one thing where i'd suggest this approach is if you you didn't necessarily want to Amplify like every template and every part of your app But maybe there's like one important part that you you, you want to make sure that's ranking you know really highly So just doing the extra work um, for this makes sense
2: and so that 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 might be like a good approach in that case if that makes sense So you mentioned that's handled by a link tag inside the head element, correct? Yeah, yeah Yeah, so Inside of a uh, typical Angular application, you would then need to essentially have some sort of service or component that would need to drop those link tags into the head um, dynamically. Because Verizon is different than getHuman slash at yeah, yeah. and Yeah, and just to be clear, I, by link tag, I don't mean an a tag. I mean like a, specifically like a header meta tag, like a link. Um, right. But, but but yeah. So Not an tag, but a, a, the L I N K.
1: Yeah yeah. So for that, what I do um, with Angular Universal, you can um, basically inject the document and uh, like I have a. I have a th- there's no specific service like in Angular. You know they have the, they have the title service and and uh, meta tag one for for those types of things. For other stuff that I want to like dynamically inject into the head, I. I you know, actually use, inject the document itself. Um, there, There is a token for that that you can use. And you can, um, uh, I can, I don't have the code right in front of me now, but I, I can definitely, I'll post something about this. It's, it's pretty straightforward um, to, to do something like that. Um, but yeah, it would be on a, a per page basis that you would put some like whatever URL slash AMP or however, however you want the, the AMP URL to be. Okay, so that's one. All right, number two. Uh, so the way to think about this one is that you're um, thinking in terms of the routing and the, the, the basic part of the app is like essentially Angular Universal, which generates um, you know, AMP compliant um, stuff for the most part. And you for your clients, all your client-side stuff, you use Angular Elements to generate web components that you use inside AMP script. So th- this is sort of um, the other end of the spectrum, uh, somewhat where you actually don't have a, a full client-side Angular app per se. Um, you're, you're basically going like full um, like you're you're embracing AMP uh, to completely. Um, but you still use Angular in the bits where you can. So you use Angular Universal to like statically generate that like initial um, content initial view, and then for your client side stuff, you're building it as web components that you publish. Um, if that makes sense. So that, that's approach number two, and, and I, I'm not sure. Even though that this th- that approach works, that this is the one that I haven't used myself really, other than just like um, playing around with it. Um, because most of the time I, I, I kind of want like the full angular <laughs> uh, uh, on the client side or whatever. Um, so it's kind of um, maybe maybe in the future when the angular framework gets like better about um, publishing you know web components and so, some of the uh, stuff here, it might be easier or something I don't know. Um, but uh, the CSS is, is uh, an issue in this case though, just as an FY. So like I mentioned the CSS problem before about having to inline it, like some other restrictions. So I do have a solution for that, or, or at least an approach rather. Um, so the way that I have done it, which works well with AMP is that, and, and actually is not that painful, to be honest. It's that you take the approach of having a couple really good global, like if, if you just create like one, essentially one CSS file that has, it ends up being your inline CSS, with all of your kind of like global classes, like CSS classes and just like have them in like a good generic way. Like you you wouldn't be able to um, go really uh, specific to like on, on every specific page, uh, having a different class, but like all the like generalized um, CSS classes that you use like a whole bunch of places, you would you would just put in that global uh, CSS file. And then basically everything else is using the style, style attribute you know, like basically you use a lot of like inline styles on the actual uh, element itself. So like, I know some people, some people like that, some people don't, uh, you know, fair or whatever, but at least uh, when you're trying to do something like this, uh, that approach seems to work pretty well. I, and, and my only complaint, which I've uh, tried to like uh, doing inline styles with Angular, like I feel like can be made easier with some like additional like work on like the 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 CSS in JS stuff like hasn't really ever been uh, embraced by the angular community i feel like as as it has in in the react side um, so i think that the the sort of advancement of creating like good libraries around doing that type of stuff isn't really there um, but maybe in the future that'll get better so that, that's
0: so, just one thing in on that because uh, every time I use the Angular animations and Angular animations has a helper function for doing CSS that then we'll do it in JS, right? Like mm-hmm. I want to use the helper function and use that in the template potentially, right? To add the styles with the object mm. thing. I wonder if we could get there with some of the stuff that's already there with the animations helper stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. That. I haven't tried that yet, but I think you're right. Like that would be really interesting. Because that challenge with doing it in the template, right, with the style attribute is like, do you just do the style attribute and then feed it in this object that has all of them, or do you do individual properties in, you know, and, and so, yeah, wrangling that and managing that is is a challenge, right? And, yeah, uh, an elegant solution to that. And, like, I think, what you're saying, is if I could write all that in JavaScript and then have that object ready and hand it there, like, yeah, you know, the, like the typing, strong typing, and everything around it, right? right? I mean, at the end of the day, CSS sucks. (laughs) I mean, it's it's it is what it
1: is. Uh, But no, I. I, By the way, just uh, not to digress too much or whatever. um, But just because I'm I'm remembering this, it's like a a mid show plug or whatever. I don't know if you guys saw. Like I I tried out Dave um, Geddes' flexbox uh, course or whatever. Like it was awesome. Like I I, I've been avoiding because I I, because I dislike a lot of the CSS stuff and and uh, Flexbox was always something I like avoided trying to get into, and I would just like copy and paste stuff and whatever, or just trial and error until it like actually worked or whatever. Um, but I mean, that was like one of the best courses I've ever taken, just in terms of, like how, you know simple
0: and but like done in a really smart way. Uh, so would definitely recommend that. That is a really cool course. Doesn't he have a grid one as well, too? Like, I got to catch up. I think there's another one. Oh, I, I haven't seen the grid one. I'm going to have to try that out, too. Yeah. So doing CSS grid. Yeah. But did you, uh, the real question is, like, when did you do that and has it? did it absorb for you so that now mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. So one of the things, if, if you
1: did check out the course, one of the things is the goal is not just to understand the sort of concepts, but to literally get it so that you don't have to look it up anymore that you actually just know it that you can pull it from memory and and yeah i i literally do not look up flexbox stuff anymore like i when i've been messing around with it like now i'm i'm good like i i can just you know do it from memory like all the different um you know flex grow flex shrink. like every little little thing just makes sense so nice yeah um okay number three so you can do um something where you basically just do angular universal generating the static you know amp pages or whatever um and only load the client if it is not um coming from amp so like if if someone's trying to access the amp page then you don't even bother loading the client. So like it would just be this works well. So I've used this before. It, this is actually the approach that we use on gethuman.com. If you if you try to access it through a mobile app, is that basically this works well where the client the client side JavaScript kind of like dynamic stuff is is like a value add that like it's not essential. that like like uh, so for for gethuman.com. We have some like a whole bunch of extra stuff that that loads and like the user can interact with, um, but it, you know because we we really care strongly about ranking and like just um, getting getting an AMP compliant was like more more important than this like fun thing that the user useful client side activity in this particular case uh, we we went with this approach and it works great so it's it's yeah if if. The user goes to your page like not through Google search results, like coming through an AMP page. Then you know does the normal thing of like you know the client side you know loads takes over and and you know goes goes from there client side routing and everything else. But if it is from the um, Google AMP cache side of things, it's ju- it's it's almost like you hit disable on um, in your browser like disable JavaScript or whatever. Um. So it should still show, and and then user clicks around, and and uh, when they do click around, by the way, even if it's served from the Google CDN, um, once they click on a link, it will actually go to your, um, you know, gethuman.com or your actual like URL page. So it won't it won't navigate
2: on the, on the Google CDN side. It's only for that initial view, if that makes sense. So it understands what the base URL is. I mean, you can still use your relative URLs when rendering
0: yeah excellent yeah mm-hmm. yep it seems like there's a, maybe a good opportunity there for angular universal to have some way to from the client side say okay activate kind of like what you're talking about it, i'm not does it yeah have still, like that? I,
1: it's funny you bring this up um so this is something that we've talked about uh so I, I i'm not as active like on the angular universal team as i as i once was but like from time to time we do you know talk about this and that is something that like I know Rob, Rob Wormald in particular has always like thought about as like the ideal that like you um, have like some sort of thing on the client side that it, it, it knows when to like, you know, activate um, like that. So I don't think we're quite there yet. And, and you could probably build your own kind of like custom version of this, but I, I do think that it is something that um, at some point, it will be sort of
0: baked into Angular, something along those lines. Yeah, because everything that you're talking about, like it feels that Universal could be an awesome fit for this. Hey, that's the way I get the AMP version of my full blown Angular app, so I can keep working on one code base but still provide that functionality, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. I immediately start thinking about like, okay, if I'm dealing a shopping cart site, like I want those pages of the products to be this AMP experience. But I want this full shopping cart interactivity powering it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So it would be both of those worlds that would be living, in, and that would be the server-side rendering initial thing, getting the AMP stuff, and then the power of the app once they do stuff. Yep, definitely.
1: Um,
0: okay, so last
1: one. So this is the one uh, sort of title title for show. This this is basically Angular AMP without AMP. Okay. So so this is basically where you don't. Um, you're not technically complying with the full AMP specification, um, but you are in spirit. So, like, you're not going to be in the AMP carousel. Um, there, there, you know, there's a trade off there. Um, but basically, you are still going for the same type of idea where, where it is like loading, you know, very quickly and like you are, you know, f- optimizing for that above the fold, all that type of stuff. Um, now, in, in doing this, like you could take the sort of AMP specification guidelines and build all your own stuff. Um, but like, I, I I don't think that's necessarily the, the, the approach that uh, I've used a couple of times where like, I don't, um, I just want to do something quickly, but I still want to get some of the same um, benefits of, of like, just the, the performance aspects of, of things is that I, I just do still use the app, oh, sorry, AMP web components, but I just don't. I, I do it as part of like my Angular app. So it's, it's just as if you're using any other web component, right? So, so you, again, you're not, instead of like thinking out of it from your, know, this is an AMP application that you're trying to like fit in Angular to, it's sort of the reverse of it, that it, this is an Angular application that you're kind of like sprinkling some like pieces of like the, the very smart um, AMP web components that they built that are very performant and help you to do some of these like optimizations, you know, very easily. Um, So I've used this approach a lot and this like helps. And and, and, more and more, some of the other services like like Cloudflare is starting to see how, like if you, um, providing alternatives basically, where you can gain like a very uh, similar characteristics for some of the initial load times or whatever um, but just not with all of, all of the restrictions that they have, if that makes sense.
0: Could you see anything like maybe like native script, like that same sort of concept, but with amp stuff, where you have like an amp version, like as part of something that you have? And so beyond just the reusing those those components, but actually like full on component creation that's our mm. own as part of our mm. Angular thing. Um, yeah, I mean, so
1: you can, uh, besides creating your own um, custom AMP components, like AMP compliant components, um, they do have a process for publishing. Uh, so if you want to like share uh, your web components with other people that is AMP compliant, um, there's a process for that. And I mean, a bunch of people do that. There's like hundreds of them out there or whatever. It's, it's just like an npm type thing. Like there's a huge store of them that's, that's, that's growing uh, continuously. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that that's the basic uh, you know four you know approaches. And you're know, basically uh, in these next couple months, I'm going to be trying to build out like specific like code examples for a lot of this. And and my idea, the amp Angular amp without amp. I, I want to get to a point where, like, I, I have it where it's not AMP compliant, but it it is like from a performance perspective, it's at par. Like that, that would be like the ideal.
2: Um, the part that to again taking that to the next level, the idea of using using Universal or what have you. What this says to me is that they recently opened up the um, builders API. Within the Angular CLI, that if there was a build Angular AMP builder, mm-hmm. take all of these practices and essentially apply that throughout your build process, automatically create your web components and publish that. Take all your CSS yes. and inline your CSS and do all of those things for you as a builder. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, without awesome. but the Angular framework itself to be able to take that, take your components, build them as web components, and do, and apply all these practices. Uh, would be an interesting concept. All right. So here, here's what we're gonna do with that, Mike.
1: <laughs> you're gonna build that. And let me know. No, no, I'm just talking. no, actually, um, so I did submit an NG Conf talk uh for some stuff you know, around what I'm talking about now. Um, but I think what you're describing may be a good you know, add on to that. So actually I am going to update my submission that I will I I will build it. If they accept my,
2: my talk for for amp, I will build that. You heard it here first, folks. Yes. I like because because uh, um, actually, Justin and I went through and submitted uh, last night. We did that last, last night. night. Yeah, I was only
0: glad it wasn't even
2: like twenty four hours ago. I, I know I've had a rough day, <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's one of the categories for submitting is science fair project. So you might even mm. that that whole library, that entire concept, could be a science fair project.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Definitely.
2: I do have a hard stop in a couple
0: of minutes, guys. Uh, so I, I wish we could talk about this all day, every day. Hey, uh, we're not worried because we'll just book you again to come back and talk <laughs> more about. it. People yeah. just have to wait, but you know, but I'm sure we could get you back on.
2: And your definitely. Twitter handle, Twitter handle is there as well. People can reach out to you that way too.
1: Yep, definitely.
0: All right, let's do some picks real quick then. If anybody has any picks, yeah. anybody. I have some, but... No, so
1: I, my, my one is I told everybody on Twitter that I'd give a shout out to the GDEs going to the, the summit this weekend. I am not able to make it, but have fun, everyone. And uh, don't uh, don't make me too jealous with uh, fun pictures. And I'm sure they'll give you like a Google Home or something else, whatever the new gadget is, I'll miss
0: out on. We'll see. I'll miss you. You were my roommate last year, so, you know. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That's fun. All right. All right, Mike, do you have any picks?
2: Uh I'm I'm just so excited for our stream tonight. Um, for with uh, NGBS, we're gonna be talking about creating custom RXJS operators.
0: I'm excited for that. So tune into that. That's cool. I'm excited about that as well. My pick is the new Star Wars trailer because they love me some Star Wars and I'm I'm excited. So uh <laughs> yeah, there you go. You got the shirt, number one dad. I Are mean, you really the number one dad? I mean things kind of went oh. south. There, but listen, hey, I, I've gotten it confirmed from two different people named Maddie and Angie. I am well, I have no doubt. Like you're the number one dad. I'm just <laughs> happy Vader's, like really the number one dad. Right? Oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, for you. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, that's a wrap. Hey Jeff, thanks a ton. Really appreciate it as always for you sharing your time and with us. We really appreciate it. Cool. cool. Have a good one, guys. All right, see everybody later.